Welcome to Music Matters Podcast with Daryl Craig Harris, talking about all things music with celebrities, artists, music business insiders, and more. Welcome to Music Matters, a podcast series about all things music. Today we have our special guest, bassist Josh Paul. Josh has been in a number of well-known bands, including Suicidal Tendencies, Infectious Grooves, and his recent band that he's been with since the very beginning is Daughtry. He's recorded five albums. They've had a, a number of hit singles, and it's just an awesome group. How you doing, Josh? I'm doing great. How you doing? Good, good. So you're down in Nashville, right? Yeah, just outside of Nashville. Um, uh, Mount Juliet, it's actually called it's a City by the Lakes, and we're enjoying it. Yeah, that's such a beautiful part of the world. We, we, we were just talking about uh, bassist Billy Sheehan lives down there. There's actually a whole bunch of rock people that live in Nashville these days. Yeah, I've, uh, I've come across a few of them. Billy, for sure, uh, great guy, obviously awesome bass player. So there, there are a lot yeah. of people that actually live here. Yeah, it's funny. And even Vegas, too. There's there's people that live in Vegas that you would never associate with Vegas, rock people and all sorts of, I guess it's like, you know, just quality of life, right? Because you have your family down there. And I am here with my three boys and my wife and uh, the boys are in, in school. So it's so much, it's a lot more mellow, I guess is a good way to put it than uh, LA where I'm from. I'm from Venice. So oh, we're awesome. out yeah, here. Venice is Oh yeah, by the beach. I do miss the beach. We all miss the beach. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, that's we awesome. We actually have some some. We have some mutual friends that we were talking about. Um, the Wackerman Gang, which is that's a whole talented family out in. Uh, I guess they're more like Seal Beach down that way, where they're kind of based. But yeah. Oh God, Brooks and John and all of them—they're great people. I've known Brooks since I was a little kid, and we used to rehearse over at at the parents' house and everything. So. It was, yeah, really cool. Brooks family. is a monster. Yeah. Yeah, it's actually amazing. They, they, they sort of all are. It's, it's, uh, they, did, they did something right with those, with those guys, <laughs> for sure. Um, uh, seriously, tell me about, tell me, gen- genius level. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Hey, so tell me um, yeah. about your beginnings. I know you kind of started on drums. How old were you when you first started playing drums? I think I was probably when I first sat down to start beating on the drums a little bit. Uh, I was probably five years old. Uh, I was playing with wow. my grandfather in a Dixieland band. He played every instrument and my parents are musicians. So music was always around us. Um, one thing that my grandfather said was, you know, you can play any of these instruments as long as you treat them with respect and I'm not going to tell you to turn down. So I jumped on the drums and did some gigs with him and uh, eventually uh, moved over to bass probably when I was about 11 and uh, we moved into an apartment and, you know, neighbors don't really like kids banging on the drums. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. Yeah. Well, your, parent, your parents and your grandfather were awesome to allow you to start on drums. First. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I, I use that same sort of um, thought process and in, in ways to re- raise my kids as well. Awesome. That's great. Would you um, actually, well, the one of the fun stories with you is tell me about the Don Henley connection. Ah. Yeah, I, I was actually the kid, the little drummer boy in the Boys of Summer video by Don Henley. And uh, I was seven years old and I went in. And I guess my mom probably heard about him in audition, a cattle call or something like that. Mm. And I uh, went in 
and I saw a bunch of other kids with their drumsticks. I didn't really know what was going on. So I went in and I yeah, played. You're just, you're just having fun. I was fun. just going in having <laughs> fun. Exactly. So I, <laughs> I went in and I got it right there on the spot. So awesome. yeah, it was uh, such a cool experience. Um, number one, it's Don Henley. He's a legend. And he was always very kind to our family and uh, to be a part of, um, I would say, music history just from that video alone is a very cool thing for me. And my kids watch it still and, and you know, like, oh, my God, that's you, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and actually, I mean, it's funny because like that, I mean, actually, we were talking about Peter Palladino, um, who is, I guess he played the, the bass on that record, Yes. Right? Oh, his fretless work is just insane. Yeah, that was actually the first time I really noticed. I mean, I was still young, I guess, when I was coming, maybe coming out of high school when that record came out. And uh, I was kind of like a young budding bass player. And I, that was the first time I really noticed fretless bass. And I was like, wow, like Sunset Grill. Yeah, oh, well, he, <laughs> you know, he makes it sing. He just, the melodies yeah. and his um, intonation and everything is just, it's, it's, it's a hook in itself. All of those lines. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's a challenging, uh, awesome sound, but like you said, like intonation, all that stuff, it's, it's a, a challenging bass to play. <laughs> yeah. It's so musical, you know, yeah. uh, obviously Jocko too is a legend. Oh for that. yeah. You can't touch him. So when you um, started playing bass, so your grandfather um, also played bass, you said he played many instruments. What, did he give you your first bass or how did that happen? Yeah, he had a, uh, it was, I'm trying to remember what it was. I think it was a, a Gibson, ripper maybe but oh, but he had flat wounds on there and and the action was probably you know an inch off the strings were an inch off the fretboard so he let me bang around on it and uh learn some notes and then my mom bought me a hyundai bass which i had no clue that hyundai made basses so yeah, we, right. we didn't have a <laughs> we didn't have a lot of money, so she got it for very cheap, and I'm very grateful for it because I beat that thing up. <laughs> so yeah. I played. But you that. know what? When you're when you're a kid and you get your first bass, it doesn't matter what it is. No, right? it doesn't matter. I didn't. It's exciting. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know the difference. I just knew it was a bass, and I could plug it in. Now, even funnier was that um, I didn't have an amp, so I would. Um, I, I guess. I guess that's how I kind of got my um, heavier handed touch when I play, but, you know, trying to, trying to hear yourself alone, but yeah, um, it just makes some sound. Yeah, yeah. It makes some sound, but I plugged into this karaoke machine that my sister got to sing cause she's a singer and you know, we would jam together and I'd played all these tapes, but that was my amp for a while. Yeah. So did you, um, when you first started playing, was that your main thing, like listening to other people's records and playing and who, who were some of your influences? Oh, well, my grandfather, for one, uh, Jocko, um, Flea, Bootsy, uh, Pino. Um, yeah. All the guys. Uh, yeah. Everybody. <laughs> I mean, I, I learned about James Jamerson later. I obviously knew about all of the soul music stuff because really as a kid, I, I just loved it. I was drawn to that. And I think it had to do with the bass and the drums. Um, but um, uh, I, my mom got me some bass videos. Um, I, did homes, I did home studies for a while as a kid. And really, if I didn't have uh, music and, and playing the bass, I probably would have got in so much trouble because there's, you know, I had so much time on my hands. 
so she 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 got me um a couple bass videos i got a flea video i got a jocko video i got a stew ham video um let's see what else billy sheehan yeah i used that one and i just wore them out um playing along you know, that was the great thing about when those came out because like when i you know i started sort of getting into guitar bass playing in the 70s 80s i guess before youtube before a lot of that stuff became really available and now like kids have so much access to world-class players oh, online and and for free and it's just there right you know everybody's out there just playing away you know my cousin my older cousin was a bass player too or is a bass player and he played in um he had a really pretty popular cover band in LA in the eighties. So what was the name of the band? Uh, Liquid Blue. It was in, I think they did the red onions all over the place. If you remember that, which used to be like the big thing yeah. Yeah, Orange County. Yeah. Yeah, right? So, um, but he, I was always, I looked up to him as a bass player as well. And he actually let me borrow his 78 music man when I was a teenager. So I used that for yeah, a while. Classic. Yeah. And, I was able to take a few lessons from uh, Lewis Johnson and, you know, him with the music man. And I brought that in and yeah, uh, Mr. Mr. Slap bass. Oh, that's how, that's where I learned how to slap was from him. I mean, that, that's a great place to learn. Cause he was, he was a master. Absolutely. He was, he's just awesome still. I mean, I listen back to all that stuff and the power that he puts into that just so solid. Very cool. Yeah, that that was like that that also that sort of like that really the flea connection too, right? Because flea had that same music man. Yeah, and uh the thing that I always loved about flea was his he sort of infused punk rock with the funk thing in his in his right. aggressive sort of nature. Um not necessarily his his personality, but in his playing, you know what I mean? He's pretty he plays pretty aggressive and uh I thought that the punk rock vibe was, I can hear that in his playing always. Yeah. And he has, I mean, the thing about flea um, is he has a lot of joy. He's playing with a smile on, you can tell he's Yo, just enjoying yeah. the crap. He's enjoying the crap out of what he's doing. And it's just really, you feel that in the music and you also see when you see him playing, yeah. it's exciting to watch that. Oh yeah. He's got so much energy and, and the vibes that he put out that he puts out are just, it's creativity. I love it. So, yeah, so you were, um, when you first started really like playing and you, I know you were hanging out with the guys from Fishbone was, was one of the influences for you as a young guy. Yeah. Um, when did you really start, start things happening for you bass playing wise in LA and that, that kind of getting into the scene? So, uh, I started a band or I had a bunch of bands, but I started like a funk band and we would play at the Malibu Inn and a few other little places. And then Brooks had his band. And we ended up just, we would do the same shows, you know, all around LA and stuff like that. And Fishbone was- And how, how old are you? How old are you in that, in that time period? Probably 15. Yeah. So yeah. like that, you're like in like in heaven, right? Yeah. Doing these gigs. yeah. 15 <laughs> to 17, maybe 15 for a couple of years awesome. we did it. And then uh, Fishbone was always headlining or weapon of choice or one of those. So it was like, you know, those guys, I was like, uh, Angelo as a front person, was just insane. And I, we'd go to the shows at the house of blues and Malibu and stuff. And I would just be in awe always. Yeah. And Norwood and great, great players. Oh yeah. yeah. Fish and Norwood. It's just, it was heaven to me. And um, 
so Brooks and I knew each other from our bands and, and growing up around the scene. And then uh, he was playing with Infectious Grooves and uh, he got a hold of me and let me know that Suicidal was looking for a bass player and asked if I wanted to audition. And I was 17, I believe, something like wow. that. And that's, I mean, like the Suicidal Tensi stuff that for people that don't know them, I mean, first of all, they've been around for a long time and, and like, that's not easy stuff to play. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when I first got the call, I was like, Oh my God, are you serious? Because I loved infectious and I loved suicidal and growing up in Venice you know, that's, that's the dream gig. That's the, yeah, that's know, the Southern California as, like bass band. Like, as well. Yeah. 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 So luckily I knew a bunch of the songs because I was a fan. So, um, went in and I auditioned and I was nervous as hell. Um, but I ended up getting it. Uh, Brooks and I lock in pretty well from, from the onset yeah. always. So yeah, and he's, I mean, he's a, a world, obviously world-class drummer, amazing player. And Robert Trejillo actually had been there before you, right? Yeah, um, Robert had uh, moved on to play with Ozzy. So um, they were wanting to do Suicidal again, the band was, and uh, needed someone. So I, I replaced him and filled his shoes. And I was always a fan of Robert as well, you know, with the yeah. infectious. And a great, like, great, great player, great guy. Oh, he's... He's a fantastic guy. He's, he's the guy that will remember your name, no matter if you've met once or 10 times, 10 years ago. He's just, you know, he's a very caring, talented guy. He's awesome. Been the same person, yeah. been the same person as he is. I love him in, in that, in that documentary, the Metallica, you've, I'm sure you've seen the Metallica documentary when they're hiring him and they're sitting around the table and they go, yeah, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to give you a million dollars. As an advance, and I was just like, because I mean, he was doing well. Obviously, Ozzy was a good gig, but but I'm like, it wasn't, it wasn't that. And like that, I just thought that that was, it was so cool that somebody who's nice, who can obviously play, gets an opportunity like that. Like we all sort of, that's sort of the dream for, I guess, all of us when we're kids and we're yeah. starting out, right? Yeah, very deserving and very talented, and and just, uh, he's just awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's good. It's nice to see the good guys win. Oh yes, isn't it? Because <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't. Unfortunately, in life, it doesn't always happen that way. So when that happens, yeah. it's like yes. I think eventually know. it probably does for 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 the good guys. But yeah, I like to see the good guys win. Yeah. So how much your your suicidal thing? Like, were those guys at that point were they touring? Were they recording? What was what was the situation? So they wanted to do some new songs and then uh, work on a new record. And they also wanted to book a tour. They were just coming back. So I think Mike was focusing on Infectious. And then um, actually... Mike's that, Mike, it's Mier, Mike Muir, Mike right? Mike Muir, the yeah, the singer, singer, yeah. yeah. Um, and I believe my first gig was their first show because they were banned in Los Angeles. So their, their first show that they were allowed to play again. And it was the energy in that room. I had never seen anything like it honestly. And I think, you know, I was crapping my pants while just <laughs> so impressed with just the vibe of everything. Yeah. There's like so much, like you're excited, you're like yeah. nervous. <laughs> yeah. But it went well. And uh, we started recording some songs and I did some old songs. And I also, we wrote some new songs and 
um, from then it was a great time that whole time yeah. in suicidal infectious. I mean, I, I learned so much. Uh, Mike infectious really, was sort of like the, the, the funk side of, of suicidal, I guess. How would you explain that? Uh, definitely the funk side. What, by the time I was in the band or at the time I was in the band, um, it was basically both. It was, it was a hybrid. So the music was kind of like infectious grooves, but with punk rock and Dean from infectious grooves started playing with suicidal. So um, it was a bit of a hybrid, but it worked out. Um, We did the album freedom and wanted to go back to some straight punk rock stuff with, you know, some funk vibes in there as well. But I loved, I love all the fast stuff. Yeah. And it's, I tell you what, like the, I was checking out suicidal again, like last night, because I actually, even when I was growing up in LA, like they were still, they were already big then. Yeah. I mean, they've been a big band for a long time. Yeah. And like that, that, yeah, like sort of like, I guess like, you know, the edgy funk thing that they do is so like, it's so cool. It it's is really interesting. And, and, and uh, props to, to Mike and everybody that's been in the band, you know, in the past and, and in the band now, um, he has a, a knack for, for putting together some great musicians. Yeah. And that's, and that's actually, that's something you see in a lot of bands that have lasted a long time, like that making the right personnel changes. I'm sure you guys have dealt with that in Daughtry. Yeah, we have. I mean, like, you know, just being, cause that one person, the chemistry is so important in a band situation, right? Oh, a hundred percent. You know, you got to live with these people if you're touring and you got to kind of, kind of like somewhat the same things. And, yeah. You know, and it's not just about the playing. It's also about them as a person. Right. Um, and then obviously very important is the chemistry um, performance wise, uh, not only in, in creative wise as well. Yeah. Yeah. The energy on stage and that whole thing. Um, tell us about the, the Daughtry. How, how did the, with, with Chris, like, how did that come about? Obviously he had done, he had done Idol, right? Uh, yeah. So in between the time from Suicidal Infectious to Daughtry, um, I'd still been touring with different bands and artists like Everlast and Kelly Osborne and Veronica's and just doing a bunch of stuff and uh, sort of working on my craft, you know, writing and still. Yeah. Cause you're, you're still, how old are you at that point? You're still in your, like, I guess probably at that point, you're early, early 20s. Early 20s. Right? Yeah. So um, still touring. And then I got a call uh, from my buddy, Barry Squire. And he was, yeah, I know Barry. Yeah, he was yeah. putting together or helping put together Chris's band with Stevie Salas. So Stevie knew me from Suicidal and Infectious. So I got in there and I, I auditioned and I got it right there. You know, the vibe was all good. Um, Chris was laid back, dude. Awesome singer. So it worked out. It went very quickly, like from that very first audition to actually doing stuff. I think we had a photo shoot like three days later or something for the record. So he was, he was finishing up his record, the first record and finishing up the TV show. So then from right after that, it just went (laughs) very fast. So you're thinking at that point, you're like, um, yeah. So Barry actually to back up a little Barry, Barry Squire is actually a guy in LA that's really well known for helping putting, putting bands together. Not really a contractor, but like a guy that just knows a lot of folks and people are in touch with him. And those guys, as a young player, those guys are gold for you, right? Just helping you kind of connect with gigs. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Barry's such a cool dude. We've been great friends since I was 18 years old. He has um, called me for a lot of gigs and uh, gotten me a lot of gigs. 
So I love, I love Barry. Can't thank him enough. Yeah. He, he has a Facebook page and people, people tend, tend to, players tend to watch that page. Yeah, he, for he sure. He for posts sure. some cool stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the Daughtry thing, how was the, the recording process? Was that, was it collaborative? Was it, how, how was that set up? Um, uh, let's see. The first record we didn't play on. That was already done. Um, right. And by the time uh, we got in there, you know, we just toured on it and shot the videos and did all this stuff. Second record we all played on. We wrote on some, same with the third. Um, see the fourth record, it was, it went a little bit poppier and Chris and, and management wanted to work with different producers. So on that end, that was all, all that we toured on it and shot some videos. And then the fifth record, which was the last one, um, we all got in there again with Jakir King, who's a producer and, uh, did that record, wrote some stuff on there and did it as a unit. Um, and then we released uh, World on Fire, which is, I, I kind of feel good about it. It's, it's going back to the heavier vibe, which I enjoy. And right. uh, that's out now. And as soon as, you know, things somewhat go back to normal, we'll be hopefully hitting the studio and recording some more. Yeah. And you were guys, I, obviously you had a whole, probably a whole tour lined up before all this stuff happened. We did. And it, and it disappeared within a week or so <laughs> right yeah i mean like the thing is like i mean obviously that's a great situation for you guys with having the collaborative collaborative effort with the writing and and all that kind of thing and and but also people have to realize too like you know they think you're in a band it's like oh they're rich they're stars it's like yeah you still need to you still need to work yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and touring is a big part of your income right right and there are different levels to you know we're touring guys and you know, so it's it's different for everybody. Not everybody's in the same boat, and that goes for for every profession. But I I am grateful though for the time that I'm able to spend with the family. This is the longest I've ever been able to spend at home with my my little dudes and my wife. Yeah, and you don't you don't yeah you don't get that time back, right? No, not at all. I mean, I've missed so many birthdays and baseball games and things, and that's just you know it's just life. It's what what we do, but um. I have taken advantage and been very productive when it comes to writing, creating uh, my own stuff and doing sessions for other people as well. It's uh, I'm grateful for that. Um, I put together a project called Zenith divine. So yeah, we were talking about that online yesterday, Yeah, man. That is, that is some really badass, like vintage vibe. You like it? Like, yeah, it was, it was cool. Cause it kind of reminded me of the early, like Snoop vibe with, with what, with what he's, you know, the rap yeah, thing yeah. and the vibe and then the playing, obviously the bass playing is great. The production is great. So how did that come about and who's, who's all involved with that? So uh, I started putting together, you know, just different, cause I love like early eighties kind of funk, late seventies, um, R and B and rap. I really do. I, I love like, that like sound. The, the Compton, that Compton. Oh, yeah. And thing, the nineties right? stuff too. Yeah. The nineties stuff too. So, um, I, I also do these bass videos for fun on Instagram and I'll, you know, that's all of those are basically just me jamming out and, and it's a creative outlet for me making tracks and just putting up, you know, a minute or 20 seconds here and there. But, um, this, uh, this guy, Doobie, Doobie Duke Sims from this band Shinobi Ninja, we had sort of followed each other on Instagram and, uh, he hit me up. He saw one of the bass videos and he was like, dude, I want to write to that. So I sent him oh, cool. the whole track 
and he sends me back fire, which was higher than the clouds. So that was the first track that we did together. And I said, dude, he said, you got any more? I said, hell yeah, I got some more. So, uh, you know, the funny thing is we've never met ever. Interesting. So yeah. But you know we, what? That That's the new way, right? Yeah. We, <laughs> Even like what we're doing here, it's like, that's sort of the new. Yeah. So we were going back and forth and everything that he was sending back was exactly what I was thinking. So we're, the vibes are so creative and uh, I love, I love what he does, but now we have a full record, three videos done, uh, 13 songs. And, uh, it's crazy. It's so easy. And so, um, I really enjoy working with him. The vibes are so cool and I can't wait to actually do some live stuff. Yeah. And you have some other projects too. You have the, this is Bob church, Bobby right? church. So what, what's yeah. Bobby church. So what's, what's that about? That's with Timothy Bloom. He's a singer out of ballet and uh, he's ultra, ultra talented um, uh, singer, songwriter, producer. Um, I haven't done anything. We haven't done anything for a little bit together because we've just been each, you know, on our own things, but um, still want to get back and do some stuff. Um, I met him through Timbaland. Daughtry ended up, yeah, Daughtry ended up doing a, song with Timbaland and we went in and recorded and wrote it and he was Timothy was signed to Timbaland's label so they were looking for someone to kind of help him put his band together and maybe work on some live stuff so I went in to meet with Tim and uh, we vibe and we hit it off right away and the rest is history with that it was great Chris is Chris really supportive of that with with uh, from from the Daughtry situation is he like totally like yeah do your thing and um he he definitely has he knows what he wants you know right. and um which is completely understandable um i i for the most part get a lot of freedom to to hold it down and do the things that i like to do um but around um what he does which is important for this band so uh, right because it's yeah he's he's sort of driving the driving the boat on that and that obviously in that group. That's yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'm happy to do it. I'm, you know, uh, I think part of our job is, you know, knowing roles and, and figuring out where you're, where you're fitting in and where you're, right. where you can contribute the most and be beneficial. Yeah. And that, I mean, the Daughtry stuff is fun, you know, just oh, yeah. from a musically standpoint. It's, yeah. it's like, like I would enjoy playing that stuff. It's rock. It's, it's not really funk, but it's like good, good quality. Like groups. Yeah. Um, yeah. Especially live. We kick it up a few notches and we do some cool stuff. Um, and uh, you know, the new stuff that's coming is, is quite a bit heavier. So it's a lot of fun to play. Ah, cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's sort of, it seems like that's sort of where your soul is, right? That it is. Heavy it rock, is. I, sort of punk. Like, Yeah. I, I like attitude. <laughs> yeah. And it's fun. Cause like, that's a lot of the groups you're naming off and the, and the groups that you play with other groups that I enjoy. Like I, I had uh, my friend um, Brett was playing with PIL back in the day. Oh, cool. And uh, yeah, the Johnny Rotten, you go yeah. like, Hey, come see us at UC, at UC Irvine. I'm like, okay. And I didn't, I mean, I knew who Johnny Rotten was, but I didn't really know PIL. I didn't know that whole thing. And I was like, I went and saw those guys. I was like, Holy hell. It's like, obviously punk rock. Yeah. But it was cool because the same thing, like it was rocking. It was great players. And that's the thing. Like people think they kind of dismiss certain genres because maybe they don't like it. Right. But there's like amazing players in every genre. Right. You know, my, my grandfather and, and my mom 
really tried to instill in me that you really have to appreciate all genres of music. And um, even if you don't like listening to it, you really have to appreciate it because it's, it's music, it's creativity, it's a vibe. So I can't hate on any of that stuff. Yeah. You hear guys like even guys like Roy Clark, like these older, you know, Glenn Campbell. And it's like, man, those guys could freaking play. Oh yeah. And you talk about playing, you come out to Nashville and the players just, you know, playing at the bars down the street are insane, insane. It's really, yeah. A lot of, there, a lot of them are like playing for, I mean, sad, but a lot of them are playing for tips Yeah, and it's some of the best players you've ever heard. They're hoping somebody obviously comes in and hears them and picks them up to take them on the road. Yeah. Well, and that's the other thing is, you know, they will be on the road and then come back right back to that, you know, musician's life. <laughs> yeah. And it used to be like, it's fun. Like in LA, when I grew up, there was a lot of gigs and we did like Gazaris, the Roxy, the whiskey, all those clubs that we all play. Yeah. And, uh, but you know, I, I, same thing. Like I was 18, 19 years old. I'm like, I was like, didn't matter. I didn't care if I got paid. Right. <laughs> oh yeah. To, you just want to play. That's right? Yeah. We do it. Cause we love it. Yeah, exactly. What's, um, so Obviously, you mentioned social media, and, and that's a part of how we've connected also. And it seems like you're really active on your pages. Has that really changed the world for you as far as just connecting with people? And I think so. I think so. I enjoy it. I enjoy um, talking with people. And, and, you know, a lot of people that are on my Instagram stuff don't really even necessarily know that I play in all these bands a lot of the times, even though it's on there. They're just... You know, they'll come up to me and say, oh, dude, I saw your bass videos. I really like your bass videos. And that's the extent yeah. of it. So and that's actually that's really cool. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think, you know, it's very cool for something that I just get up and I do every day because I just love to create that people connect with it in a way. Yeah. And they, and they're not, and also too, in that situation too, it's not that's really more about the players. I mean, that's kind of like we talk about the bass brotherhood. But there's really a musician brotherhood that kind of cuts through all the the star stuff and the the videos and all that kind of thing. That's that's real. That's the good thing about social is that we can talk to people directly. Yeah, it's so accessible. There's I I especially appreciate the fact that everyone can just get on and do it. You know what I mean? Whether and and everybody is, whether it's you know someone just starting out or or whiz bass players or drummers or guitar players or sing. I, I just, I love to see people putting energy into creativity and music and performance and, you know, whether it's amazing or whether it's not so amazing, I guess, the, what is, what is the term? Um, the <laughs> music is uh, in movies are um, sub subjective. Uh, yeah. 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 I've always said like, you know, you can see a kid playing, like maybe he's a new player, but he'll do one thing. You go, Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know, you may not have thought of doing something like that. You can hear personality and voice as people progress as players. And, you know, um, sometimes your job is not to, <laughs> not to voice your identity in your plane, you know, just yeah. depending on the yeah, you gotta, you gotta sort of, you have yep. to sort of figure that out. Right. right. Yeah. But when you can, it's amazing. Yeah. And when you, if you're fortunate enough to, to get in a situation where you're working with an artist that gives you freedom um, and to really shine. Right. Yeah. And I've been very fortunate uh, in that aspect 
to where the people that I've been able to play with have given me that freedom. So especially like with Suicidal and Infectious and with Chris and, you know, it feels really good to actually um, do my own thing too and not have to worry about, um, you know, rules or anything like that. I'm just, I just made a record, a Xena Divine record with Doobie and we didn't meet, we'd done it during a pandemic and it's finished and yeah. I love it. I really do love it. And it sounds freaking awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I was man. very excited about that last night. I was like, I got on Spotify, which actually, and tell people um, how they can find you on Spotify, actually in social media in general. Okay, so on Instagram, um, I am It's Josh Paul. On Facebook, I'm the same, It's Josh Paul. On Twitter, I am The Real Josh Paul. And <laughs> and then um, with Zena Divine, it's at Zena Divine. And then uh, you can look on Spotify and Apple Music. All that stuff. Yeah. And we'll put, um, we're going to put all those links in this episode description You're so people awesome. can find you. Yeah. Make sure that, cause I, I mean, a big part of what I'm trying to do is shine light. I mean, obviously you've been really well established, but shine light on artists, on new projects, um, especially stuff like that. That's really awesome. And it's something that people might not expect from you, although it's sort of in the vein, a little bit of what you've done, but it's, it's, they have to check it out. Oh, Cause it's badass. I, re- <laughs> I really appreciate that. I appreciate you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so do you have, uh, are your kids going to be musicians or what's your thought? Are you, do you encourage them or how does that work for you? I encourage them to do whatever it is they want to do. So I have, a, my son, Brandon, who's a senior in high school. Uh, he's actually uh-huh. going into the air force, but he is not. You look way too young to have a senior in high school. <laughs> I, I have a 24 year old son wow, who, who is crazy. in the air force, married and, awesome. I, and I have a granddaughter. So <laughs> wow. Crazy. Yeah, okay. So, I started young. I started young. Yeah. But um, he is not interested in music at all. He is uh, more of a tech guy and a sports guy. And I'm cool with it. Good place to be. Yeah. Yeah. My youngest two, they are definitely interested in music. Um, They have guitars and, you know, a bass that they play around on. And one of them likes to sing. And then my oldest son, who's in the Air Force uh, now, he's pretty much a whiz when it comes to making beats and stuff like that. He's really into hip hop. Oh, cool. So you guys have to do some stuff together. We have. Yeah, we have. I think there's awesome. a few of them on Instagram that I posted up a while back. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to, we'll have to check that out. Yeah. That's so, you know, that's, I, I, I've seen, I know, I know you've probably seen those videos, Nathan East doing stuff with his son. Yes. Um, I think his son's name is Noah. I could be wrong on that, but um, who's a great piano player. And he did actually on Nathan's last record, he, he had a tune that he hadn't played like yesterday. Oh, cool. That's so fun. Yeah. Isn't that exciting yeah, like, it is. to be able to do that? When you, and when you have something in common with your kids, you know, as a parent, um, yeah, you're their parent, but it's even cooler when you actually genuinely have something in common with your kid that you both enjoy. Yeah. That connection, like the, I mean, it's sort of like the musician connection is yeah. a special thing, right? Yeah. Obviously the father and son, but that, the, the musician, musician thing is a little bit of a, a different thing. Oh it's, yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. How exciting. So, um, so you have the, the, um, your new record's going to be coming out with, with your group. Yep. Um, and then the Daughtry thing is rolling. Um, what's, what's the future for you? Obviously, you're waiting to tour, right? Yeah, it's kind of... yeah. right now it's, you know, obviously because of, of the world um, being a little crazy as it is right now, um, just sort of in a holding pattern if it, when it comes to touring. 
Um, I'm going to continue to uh, do as many sessions as I can and write and hopefully pretty soon here, start on another Xena divine record. Cause we're just, awesome. we're, we're kicking them out. And it's, yeah. And I think, I think honestly, I, I mean, no, no, I said, I guess no bullshit, but like that album is going to do really well. Oh, thank you, man. And it's, I, I really feel like that that's for sure. Um, and I think that uh, that kind of, that kind of music, is sort of timeless when you hear that you we, listen to it. That was our goal. I mean, we just both enjoy fun, positive vibes and music. So um, aside from Zenith, um, I, you know, I'm going to try to write some more and uh, yeah, spend time with kids. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. You yeah. know, like, like you said, like being, being able to be home, and especially the year, early years of kids, like you want to be there for like the baseball games and yeah. the birthdays and like that. Those are because it's like when they get older, when they get to be teenagers, like they're busy. The dad, I got, I got my stuff to do. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And there were there were times, you know, when they were little because um, the youngest ones now are 10 and 11. So but okay. I remember thinking, you know, coming home from a long tour and them almost not recognize me and that was like right horrible i was like Ugh. yeah it, it kind of it's like ah <laughs> yeah but you know being here now definitely is making up for it. it's great yeah and you're yeah and it's cool because you're staying productive and that's that's the cool thing about the world we live in now with technology is that you can do it you can i mean that's kind of why i'm doing the podcast you know i was obviously i was bummed out too and i'm used to being on the road obviously yeah. you know, a lot myself yeah. and and I'm like, I'm just, I got to do something like I got to do something creative and fun and, and try to do something positive. Well, you, you know, know, otherwise we're going to go insane. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, and, you know, musicians, I mean, we're sensitive people, like people, may, they may see us. I mean, you're like the rock guy and this kind of thing, but like we're sensitive people, we're 100%. creatives. You got to have that outlet, right? For sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for joining us. I, I know you're a super busy guy I and, appreciate uh, you. and I, I love, I love the fact that you're, you know, being creative and you're focusing on positive stuff. Um, we need more of that, you know, I appreciate you, man. And uh, same to you. I appreciate you having me on and grateful for you. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. Um, also it with, with uh, actually we should talk a little bit about bases just before we go. Okay. Um, are you still working with Warwick? Yes. Uh, with Warwick, I've actually um, Sandberg, um, loaned me a few very cool basses that I've been playing lately, and yeah, and they got some cool. They have some nice stuff. Yes, there's a the Sandberg California V4, I believe, that I've been playing a lot in my videos, and on the Zena Divine stuff as well. Um, oh, cool! And I just love that bass. But I have the Warwicks. I have the uh, uh, Star Bass, which I love. Mm -hmm. That's the semi hollow yeah. body, and right. uh, streamers, and. I have a cool uh, Corvette too for a lot of the yeah. heavier metal stuff. I have a five sure. that I, I use and um, I have a Mustang bass. That's awesome. That I have flat wounds on. Oh, cool. I use for, yeah. The flat wound thing is a, that's a special cool thing. It right? is, you know, you wouldn't really uh, think it would fit, but I just did a, well, recently I did a suicidal song. And uh, Ra Diaz, who's the bass player now, the current bass player, he's awesome dude, great player. He hit me up and asked me if I wanted to do an instrumental version of one of the old suicidal songs so they can put it oh, on cool. an instrumental record they have out. So mm -hmm. I put together this version of one of the tunes. It should be out, uh, I think, 
was supposed to be this year. I'm not sure if it's going to be this year or beginning next year, but um, I used that Mustang on there with the flat wounds. So um, I functified basically an old suicidal song. So I can't wait for oh, that to go. come that, out too. Yeah. It's really cool. Um, awesome. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. And then I use uh, all Dunlop strings and accessories. Um, GK I've been with forever. They just, yeah, they're great guys. All of them. Yeah. Dunlop and GK. It's just fantastic people. Yeah. I, I had my, uh, my 800 RB head <laughs> back in the day. Such a great line. Love you it. still see those back oh, yeah. rail well, companies. They kind of re-released a, uh, the anniversary series, I think. And it's based off that, like a souped up version of it. I think that recently oh, cool. came out. I don't have one yet, but I, I want to get one. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it, you know, gear is, it's like, you can have 50 bases and still getting that 50 is 51st is like still oh, exciting, yeah. right? But I could do this with that one. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know what? I, 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 it's trying try to explain it to the wife. Like, no, I need this one because it does a specific thing. Yeah. I forgot to mention, um, I have been doing this project with Jakir King, who's a producer out here in Nashville. He produced the last, uh, Daughter record, but he produced um, Kings of Leon and uh, just oh, awesome. tons of people. He's a great, um, great producer, great human being. But we have a thing called the K Club that we've been doing oh. together. And uh, actually, a song just came out the other day called Side Hustle. And oh, cool. it's very cool. And we get in and we write and we play everything right there live. We record it and release it. So you should check that out as well. Um, Okay. And uh, I wanted to mention that as well. Yeah, that's cool. I appreciate it. Yeah. And I, it's like, I know you're, cause you're doing like, kind of like we, we do the same thing. We have like 50 different. Yeah. But the <laughs> reason, cool. So yeah, you try to like remember yeah, everything. What reminded yeah. me of that was I looked over and the schedule for tomorrow <laughs> sessions over there for the K club stuff. So I wanted to make sure I mentioned that. It's great that you're able to keep recording. I mean, obviously everybody's staying safe and, and doing the masks and social distancing thing, but like that, that's super cool to be able to keep that rolling. Yeah. Um, Jakir for sure wouldn't have it happen if it wasn't safe. So. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome, man. Thank you so much, Josh. Um, definitely. We're going to, we'll put up all the links. People check that out in the description. Um, they can talk to you on Instagram. I know yeah. that, that's awesome that you're that, that you're accessible. Oh yeah. Anybody and, can hit and me check out all your projects. For sure. Yeah. And check out all your projects and, and uh, it's exciting, man. Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate your time. Appreciate you for, brother. I can't wait to hear more. Yeah. About well, thank you. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's fun. I, like you said, you sort of have to do it. It's in our blood. Yeah, man. <laughs> all right. Cheers awesome. to you. Cheers to you, Josh. And uh, right. have fun in Nashville. All right, bye-bye. Ciao, bye. Thanks for joining us and please consider subscribing to our podcast and follow us on our social media pages for guest announcements.